Rivers of Living Water on TalkZone.com. Rivers of Living Water is here to turn our thirsty world into a Garden of Eden, freely pouring out the Word of God to our desolate world. Now, here's your host, Howard Eugene Wright. Good morning, everyone. It's good for you to be with us this morning, and we're looking forward to a good time in the Lord and to help you. Uh, I want to talk about the second coming of the Lord Jesus today. We have a lot of people talking about uh, Jesus going to come at the first part of the tribulation, that we won't go through the tribulation Something we're going to the middle of it, and some say we're going to go all the way through the tribulation. So there's a a lot of confusion as far as Jesus' second coming is concerned. To start out with, we're not sure when Jesus is going to come back. The Bible is clear in telling us that we don't know the day nor the hour when he's going to return. So any time that we try to set a particular time or date or something like that, that Jesus is coming back at that time, then we're really not going according to what God's word tells us. The Bible tells us that Jesus is going to come as a thief in the night. And There's one sure thing about it, though. He is going to return. So we want to talk about this this morning and just what we need to do in order to prepare for his coming because he's not coming for everyone in the first coming. Uh, He came that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life and We'll talk more about this this morning, but uh, Jesus is coming back for people who are prepared for his coming in the second coming. So there will be uh, a time that uh, will show his coming. There will be signs, and we're going to talk about some of those things, those indicators that will indicate that Jesus' coming is close but we really don't know how close. Matter of fact, Jesus could come back any time. And so it behooves all of us to be ready that whatever time he comes, that we'll be able to go with him. Um, It's a great comfort to people who know the Lord that Jesus will be coming again. So let's look at that a little. And this is in First uh, Thessalonians chapter 4. And he's saying here that, um, he said, I, I would not have you ignorant, brethren, concerning them, and this is verse 13, uh, that are asleep. Now, the, the Bible talks about people that die in the Lord as just being asleep. Some people think they're so asleep 
that when a person dies, he just kind of goes to sleep, and when Jesus comes back, that he's awakened and he goes into heaven. But that's not exactly the way the Bible teaches it. Paul said to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And there are some mysteries about Jesus and his coming and, and um, uh, you know, the whole thing. But when he's talking about asleep, he's talking about not here anymore. There was a great evangelist that told people, he said, when I die, don't think that I'm gone. said, don't think that I'm dead, that I'll never return again or anything like that. You know, dying like a, uh, this is the only life we have. Well, there is an eternity that we need to get prepared for. And part of that is Jesus returning to this world. And so it's not a soul sleep. We're going to be very much alive after we die. We'll be with the Lord. And um, some people say, well, if we're with the Lord, then why do we have to come back? That's one of the mysteries. But he says uh, that you should not sorrow even as others which have no hope. Without Jesus... As the world becomes worse and worse, it's going to look rather hopeless. There's a lot of people today that, that are in that kind of a condition. They see things coming upon the earth and, and they, uh, ask themselves, well, if it just keeps getting worse and worse like this. And some people have even committed suicide because they have no hope. We need hope. Uh, person cannot live very long without hope. They just self-destruct. And we also need love. And we need faith. We need have to have something that we can have faith in. We need to have a love that takes bitterness and jealousy and pride and all these things out of our hearts and gets them away from our lives and makes us different so that we're not living in that kind of a condition. But he says that I don't want you to be without hope, brethren. And that goes for sister, too. Uh, when the Bible talks about man, he's not talking just about the male. He's talking about mankind. And so he's talking about the human race. So he says, uh, brethren, and that's talking about people who have accepted the Lord as their Savior, which we'll talk some more about that. She says, uh, For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. So how can God bring them with him if they're not there? So this would indicate that absent from the body is indeed present with the Lord. And then he goes on to say in verse 15, For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive remain to the coming of the Lord shall not prevent or not precede 
them which are asleep are those who have died in the Lord. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. So here we have the sitting that Jesus is indeed coming back. It's going to be a surprise. It's going to be sudden. And the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with the Lord in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. So this is an indication <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> that there is a time when Jesus is returning. And this could be any time now as we go through the different things of showing you what the indicators are to Jesus coming back, even though we don't know for sure the day or the hour, we can see things that are happening that will indicate that his coming is close. I, for one, believe that Jesus could come back any time, and we need to be prepared for that coming. There are so many indications that we haven't had in the past that would indicate that he could indeed come back any time. Now, this is going to be a good time for those who really love the Lord, who have given their heart to him and are waiting for his return. Though that will be the that's the hope of the Christian. Paul said if we have to fight even animals back in those days, that's what they were doing. And there are people today that are being brutalized just because they love Jesus. And if there was no hope of a better life, then it would be a miserable situation indeed. <clears throat> but there is a better hope. There is a future life that God is going to do himself because we can't do it and no one else can do it. And what we see today is a downward spiral. People are getting farther and farther away from God. And so we need this kind of a hope that there is something better. Now, some people will say, well, yeah, there goes Christians again, pie in the sky by and by. And I just want you to know that, that in Jesus... In this life and in the next life, there's always hope because the Bible tells us that all things work together for good to those who love the Lord, to those who are called according to his purpose. So Christians are not saying this is a miserable life and I'll be glad when it's over when Jesus comes and it's kind of an illusion and it's kind of a way to feel better because we know it's not going to last forever. No, this is not the hope of the Christian at all. The hope of the Christian is right now. And we see it every day as we 
walk with the Lord and as he walks with us and, and we feel his presence with us and we feel his love and, and we're able to share this with others. So the hope for the Christian is not just a better life after this life. We have a good life now. Jesus came that we might have life and that we might have abundant life. And if there was no heaven at all, we would still be better off in the condition we're in with the Lord Jesus living in our lives than what we would be otherwise. And all of us have been on both sides of the fence who are Christians. We've all been sinners. We've all lived without God in this world, and it hadn't been a good thing. So our hope is not just in a life afterwards. Our hope is right now, but a better one coming up. We're at our first break, so my name is Howard Eugene Wright. I'm hosting Rivers of Living Water on TalkZone.com. Now, more Rivers of Living Water on TalkZone.com with your host, Howard Wright. We've been talking about the second coming of Christ and being prepared for his coming. And uh, we might ask ourselves, well, how do we know it's close? And I want to talk a, a little bit about that now that, you know, the Lord has always given us enough information that we know that we need to get ready for his coming. Jesus is God, was God in the flesh and Jesus is interceding for us right now as I'm speaking and has been ever since he ascended up into heaven. But uh, there was two angels that stood by when Jesus went up into heaven. And this is in Acts chapter 1. And as Jesus was going up into heaven, these angels said, what are you looking at? In so many words, I'm inter- I'm kind of uh, paraphrasing this. He said that same Jesus that you saw going up into heaven is going to come back in the same way that he left. He left going into clouds, and he was gone. And he'll come back in the clouds, and he'll be here. So um, there are indications that would indicate that Jesus' coming is close that are found in the Bible. Now, in Matthew chapter 24, in Mark chapter 13, and in Luke chapter 21, we have these indicators that Jesus gave to his disciples. He didn't talk to everyone. He talked to his disciples in this because only those that are prepared. You see, heaven is a prepared place for a prepared people, and we need to prepare to meet our God. So those that are prepared 
can look forward that the worse the world becomes, the greater possibility of God coming back. God has an interest in this world, in everyone that is in this world. There's no one that he leaves out. No one is an impossible situation. Everyone can be prepared to meet God. It's not that complicated. God never intended for it to be. He said that even though we're a fool, that we need not to err, we can know for sure that we are prepared to meet God. So I want to say that because what follows could cause some of us to be rather discouraged. But God is on the throne. He cares for you today. I don't know you, and you know very little of me except what you're hearing me say. But I want you to know today that whoever you are, that there is hope in the Lord Jesus, and you can know that you are prepared to meet him when he comes in the clouds. But one of the things is that there will be false prophets. There will be false teachers. There will be people who will be uh, calling upon you to follow them and that they're the great one, that they can, they have the answer, that they can uh, solve all your problems or whatever. And any time that someone says that, you can be assured that they are not telling you the truth because none of us, I don't care how good we are, how long we've been with the Lord or anything else, none of us can be a Christ, can be a Savior to anyone, and we most certainly cannot save ourselves. But there will be people who will stand up and they'll try to make you think they have all the answers. We normally refer to these people as tyrants, and we do have plenty of those running around in the world today that will tell you the kind of light bulbs that you should have in your house to, and whether you should talk about Jesus in certain places and on and on the list goes because they seem to know that uh, if you'll just follow them that they'll take care of all your problems for you. We ought to have enough sense to know that that doesn't work that way because we've been listening to some of these people and we've been going downhill pretty quiet, quick. It's best for us to listen to Jesus. But then it, it tells us that nation will rise against nation and kingdom will rise against kingdom. In other words, there will be civil wars and there will be international wars. And it is quite evident that we have Wars and rumors of wars today. So, you know, that's been going on for a long time, hasn't it? It says that there will be famines and pestilence and earthquakes in various places. There are places where we normally have earthquakes, and but uh, in the last days, things are going to start heating up as far as natural events are 
are happening. There's going to be some places where there's going to be desert where there wasn't before, that it's not going to rain in areas, and it's going to be kind of havoc that's going to be taking place. He said these are all the beginning of sorrows. It's going to be a sorrowful time indeed. And then he, he goes on to say that they'll deliver you up to be killed. Uh, they're, they're going, he says many will be offended and they'll betray one another. They'll hate one another. And do you see plenty of that going on today? I see a hateful spirit of, of people that are, you know, they just, all you have to do is mention Jesus for some of them, and they just kind of go berserk. And why would they do that? Say so there will be many false prophets, and they'll deceive many. Many people will be deceived because they don't know the truth. If they don't know the truth, they'll fall for anything. If you don't stand for something, you'll, you'll surely fall for anything. There'd be a lot of that. He says iniquity will abound, or lawlessness will abound, that we'll be not following the law. In America, we have what we call the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution. We like to talk about our nation as being a democracy, but in reality, it really isn't. It's a republic. A republic is run by rule of law. And those laws are our constitution. And but what do we see today? We see our constitution being trampled on. Uh, a person that we know well just decides he can take his pen out and and order everything around. And and uh, that same person has uh, thought that apparently he rules the world because if someone doesn't shape up in some other nation, he he uh, thinks that he can go over there and cause that nation trouble too. And on and on it goes. But iniquity is abounding today. Lawlessness is on every side. And so we, we see that. And then it says, the love of many will wax cold. They won't have any love. How can you sit and watch people being brutally murdered, and then go out and campaign, for example, for your presidency. I think it's getting close enough. You know what I'm talking about. And uh, so he says that that uh, those that endure to the end shall be saved. So it'll be an endurance run at the end. It's going to be hard for us to uh, stand up for the Lord and for God and and uh, for a holy life and loving Jesus the way that we should, loving people the way we should, being a help to others. Sometimes we can talk a lot about it, but are we really doing it? And so they that endure to the end shall be saved. He said this gospel will be preached all over. It will be preached to the all to all the world as a witness to all nations, and then the end will come. So the gospel that I'm talking to you right now about, that I'm giving to you in this session, 
is the one that's going to be preached to the whole world. Now, there was a time when we thought, well, how could that possibly be? But really, I have a potential of, of reaching 2 billion people on the Internet right now, and those billion have children and what have you. So I can reach a good part of the world while I sit right here in my office and talk to you this morning. And so he says that that will happen. And then he says that the, the abomination of desolation spoken by Daniel will be in the holy place. And that is on the Temple Mount in Jerusalem. That's the holy place. So um, he says when you you see these things, then you know that that it's coming, that Jesus is coming. The second coming is on its way. And then he warns the second time about false Christ and false prophets because apparently that's going to be one of the main things. And, and people are going to say, well, he's over there in the desert, so go out there and meet him. Or he's in a secret uh, area, and you've got to go over there. But you got to have a pilgrimage or whatever, you know. Uh, don't believe that kind of thing. Because he says right here, as the lightning comes out of the east and shines to the west, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be, or the Son of God, or Jesus be. It's going to be fast. It's going to be at a twinkling of an eye. Before we can even think, it's going to be here. And Jesus is going to come just that fast. So, uh, but there will be those that will say, he's here, he's there. And it, when you go there, you'll find out it's nothing but a false Christ or a false prophet. And if we haven't accepted Jesus in the way that we should, then we're going to have this, aren't we? Well, I'm at a second break again. So I'm Howard Eugene Wright on Rivers of Living Water, TalkZone.com. Welcome back to Rivers of Living Water on TalkZone.com. Here's your host, Howard Eugene Wright. We're talking about the second coming of God, of the Lord Jesus, and we're talking about the way that we can tell that, it, that it's soon and uh, also how to prepare to, for his coming. You know, when a king comes to town, we always prepare for that, don't we? I think about... Uh, Queen Elizabeth coming to Uganda a few years back, and they were preparing the roads that she would be traveling on, and they were really making it look the very best that they could for her. And so if we would do that for an earthly person, then why shouldn't we do it for one from heaven? And Jesus is a king. He's king of kings and lord of lords. It's not that he's going to be, he is. Whether we accept that or not is one thing, but whether he is or not, he definitely is the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. So uh, we need to prepare for that time, don't we? But, you know, some people might say, well, it's 
thousand years from now that Jesus is going to come. He hasn't came yet. And and how do we know that he's going to come at all? And and uh, how do we know that that book that you're looking at is really from God? And on and on it goes. And you've heard all these things. But, you know, the, when we see things that are being predicted, we call it prophesied, and we see this happening hundreds of years before it really happens, and then really even thousands of years in some cases, then what makes us think that, well, just because he hadn't come, he's not going to come, that, you know, this is one of the things in, in those days just before Jesus comes back, there's going to be people who have been Christians and they, they've they loved the Lord and they got discouraged and they said, well, he's, We've heard that he was going to come back, but he hadn't come back yet, and he probably won't. And some have even said, well, the earth is pretty much the same as it's been from the creation, and so it's probably not going to change. And so what are some of the main things that we should look at that would indicate that maybe it's not as far away as we think it is? I've been giving you some general things and and showing you, some things that have been going on from the very time that Jesus came right up to the present. But there are a couple things here that would indicate that it might even be closer than we think. And one of those, so I want to go to Second Thessalonians chapter 2. And it says, Now I beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, and are gathering uh, together to him, that you be not soon shaken in mind, or be troubled, neither by spirit, or by word, or by letter, as from us, as that the day of the Lord is at hand. Now, at hand means that it could come just like that. And, Paul was saying, I, I don't want you to get discouraged. I don't want you to think that that maybe Jesus is going to come back tomorrow. And wouldn't it be nice if we was in the middle of a problem, maybe in prison for serving Jesus or something like that, and we could sit there and all at once we just disappear from this world. But... Uh, he said, I don't want you to be discouraged. I don't want you to be troubled, shaken in your mind. I don't want you to be disoriented. I don't want you to uh, be frustrated. I don't want you to be confused. I want you to know some things that's going to make it very, very much realizing that Jesus is coming back soon. So, we can be shaken in mind, we can be troubled by spirit. There seems to be a spirit today that is uh, trying to pull us away from everything that is, that is God and that is that uh, loving and, and forgiving and these kind of things. And he says by word, people will say things like that. And by letter, things that people write. And we see all kinds of things being written today. And we could go further. What's on the television? What's on the radio? Then what's on the Internet? 
you know, and that the Lord is at hand and said, let no man deceive you by any means. That day shall not come except there come a falling away first and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. This is Second Thessalonians chapter 2, and I'm down to verse 3. So there are two things that's mentioned here. The first is the great falling away. The great falling away means that they had to be there first. You can't fall away from something you didn't have, can you? So there's this great falling away. There are denominations that used to love the Lord, and they have fell into uh, being away from what the Bible teaches. Some of them are even denying the blood of Jesus. They can save from sin. They don't want to talk about a bloody religion, and on and on it goes. And so there's this great falling away. And when the Lord says great, it is great. Matter of fact, Jesus said when he came back, would he find real faith on the earth? And so it may be such a thing that Christians are going to be a species that's going to be hard to find. And so not all to say, Lord, Lord, are going to enter into the kingdom. You know that. So we're looking here, and he says that there will be a great falling away. And I've seen this in my lifetime. I'm uh, 76 years old now, and I've seen a lot of changes from my childhood to right here at the present. There's things that are happening here in America with some churches that have really been uh, right at the front of lifting up Jesus and going out in the community and trying to help people any way they can, and it's not happening now because they fell away from that and they have gotten rather than them winning the world the world has won them and we have all kinds of things that are happening in the church today and people professing to love Jesus and be Christians it seems like that you can call yourself a Christian regardless of what you're doing today if it if it'll uh, work to your advantage, and on and on it goes. But uh, we'll talk uh, more about this at near the end of our uh, program today. But, you know, we have the great falling away. But then it talks about the son of perdition being revealed. And that son of perdition is the Antichrist. So he is saying that Jesus isn't going to come back until there's a great falling away. Well, there's a great falling away. So that obstacle is removed. How about the man of sin? How about him that is revealed? Revealed means that he's going to be told on. He's going to be shown. And so... There's always been this antichrist spirit from the very beginning. You know, they they tried to tell the disciples after the day of Pentecost, you don't preach in this name anymore. You don't tell anyone else about it. 
I had this happen in one of my churches. And it wasn't, uh, it was an independent church that we thought would come into our denomination. And so in my, one of my board meetings, the person said he never heard about being born again. So I told him what it was to be born again. Got them upset with me. And here I was in, in, uh, upper Wisconsin and it was rather cold in the wintertime. They took my salary away from me. They, they, uh, told me they didn't want to go out, me to go out in the community and talk about Jesus anymore. And they definitely didn't want me to talk about being born again in the church. Well, uh, that was several years ago and it's getting worse. As the day goes on, there are big churches today that the pastor does not talk about. You have to be born again. He might talk about knowing yourself and and uh, the greatest problem is uh, self-esteem and you need to have a good self-esteem. Well, in the real world, the way you have a good self-esteem is knowing that your life is all right with Jesus. Then you can think well of yourself. Otherwise, you're under conviction all the time. You don't feel too good. And at least some don't, unless you, you've uh, killed your conscience, and, and some have done that. But he says that, that uh, there will be this great falling away, then the man of sin will be revealed. And as we come closer to the coming of the Lord, there's going to be more people that are going to uh, be callous toward others. And even though they might say that they love you, you see by their works that they really don't. And on and on it goes like that. We're, we're coming up to our next break. This is really going fast today. And so I'm Howard Eugene Wright and Ron Rivers of Living Water at TalkStone.com. This is Rivers of Living Water on TalkZone.com with your host, Howard Wright. Thank you for staying with us at this time and I trust that you realize that Jesus could come anytime. He could come before I get through speaking to you. Now, all of us think, well, no, I'll have a tomorrow. I'll have uh, all the day. And that's probably so. And we'll probably make it to this day just fine. But we really don't know whether that is it or not. The Lord told us to not to worry about tomorrow because we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow and sufficient to the day is the evil thereof and we need to walk with Jesus one step at a time and uh, just be prepared that if he should come today the you know it might come in the morning at noon at night we don't know but we do know one thing he is coming and uh, I was talking to you before this last break about uh, that there are two things that stand out 
just before Jesus comes back. And one of them is a great falling away of the church. Now, there's always been falling away down through the history that we don't have much of the church that was started back there with the disciples that were turning the world upside down. The church is not doing much about turning the world upside down, which is really turning them right side up. We've, we've been uh, in the wrong position for uh, a long time, and we need to get out of that position, stand on our feet for Jesus, and be counted as one of his. But there is so little of that today that it's hard for people to even find a church to go to. And I, you know, we just need to stand true to the Lord regardless of what anyone else does. We need to realize that when we stand before the Lord, we're not going to have to give an account of what someone else did. People can get their eyes on others and they can say, well, I'm just as good as the other person and what have you, and that's probably true. And But that's not the point. There is this great falling away, and it's going to be hard to locate a real Christian. And so it, it's good for all of us to stay just as close to God as we can, study your Bible, pray, be let the Spirit of the Lord work in you, let him lead you into the truth that you need to have and all these things and turn away from every sin that you know about and let Jesus be your Savior and Him alone. Don't look for something else because if you do, there might be something that looks better. It might be packaged up a little better because when you become a Christian, it's not all pie in the sky by and by. It's not all roses. Matter of fact, uh, life might get a little more complicated and uh, you might lose some of your friends and there are some places you may not be able to go. There are some things you're definitely not going to be able to do and it might seem to be a straitjacket. It might be uh, restraining you too much, but I want you to know when you open up your heart and life, to the Lord and you're standing there waiting for him to return that there is a joy there is a peace there is a rest that you can't find anywhere else that because it is nowhere else and if we just stand on people we're standing on pretty shaky ground because the hand of flesh will fail us we can't even really trust our own We've got to stay as close to God as we can through the Lord Jesus, what he's done for us. Because this man of sin will be revealed, and it could be a lot sooner than we think. It says here that uh, he, uh, now you know what holds him back or what restrains him. And this is in Second. Thessalonians chapter 2 yet and the restraining force is the law and when the law goes and anything goes then we have this difficulty and we have the groundwork 
for this man of sin to be revealed. Now, some of us might think that that would be the second coming of Christ, and Jesus is taken, uh, takes his people up into heaven, and there's nothing left except wickedness and the devil having complete control and that. But as we look more, we see that this restraining force might be the law. And um, so it says, for the mystery of iniquity does already work. Now, that would give us an indication that maybe it is the law because iniquity is lawlessness. And it was working back there. The lawlessness is is not wanting to walk the way God wants us to walk, and we'll do it our own way in this kind of a thing. And we're not going to follow the Constitution. We're not going to follow anything that restrains us, we think. But, uh, you know, a, a car going down the hill, it'd be kind of nice if it had a governor on it to keep it from keeping, if it didn't have any brakes. Now, that is just uh, one thing to think about. And when we take the brakes off, which the law has restrained evil down through the the years, that's what it was for, is to keep wicked people from getting too wicked. If they got too wicked, they ended up in jail or worse. But when lawlessness is reigning, and it seems to be reigning more and more, that opens it up for this wicked one. And then he says, Then shall that wicked one be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth, and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan, with all power and signs and lying wonders, so there will be this thing of that we'll see some miracles apparently take place, but there'll be deceptions. And haven't we seen some things that people would refer to as miracles, and yet uh, not the kind of miracles that Jesus does? And the Antichrist spirit, the Antichrist, will be an actual person. And I don't have a lot of detail to go in. Uh, I mean, a lot of time to go into the, all the details, but it says it'll be after the working of Satan. Satan is the one that's the enemy of Jesus. And these people who are, are wanting not to talk about the Lord and things like this, they're probably being inspired by the devil himself, by Satan. And he says that the devil will do a good job of, of looking like there's some miracles taking place. Be careful when people talk about raising people from the dead and all these things. And I've I've seen this, uh, people declaring all kinds of things. But uh, it's deception. It says, of all deceivableness, of unrighteousness in them that perish. Those that don't know the Lord are perishing. They're, they may think they're doing a good job, and, and many of them are. They're doing really some good things. But if we don't know the Lord, we're perishing. We're dying on the inside. Our insides is starting to fall apart. And it's a sad thing when we work hard to put up a good front, and then we find out that it's not such a good front after all. But it's all deceivableness of unrighteousness. It's 
not living right. And then he, he says that because they receive not the love of the truth, that they might be saved. The truth is Jesus. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me or through me. And so we need to realize today that that there is this spirit of delusion. And it talks about here that God would allow it. He'll allow people, to, if they don't want to follow him, he doesn't have to go around begging them to do so or forcing them to do so or anything like that. If people say, I'm not going to serve God, he'll just let them think that they're doing a good job and they're, they'll be lost. They won't go up when Jesus comes down. And we need to uh, realize that, that we're in perilous days today. It may get worse before it gets better. But Jesus will come in his time. There is a time when he has decided he will come and nothing's going to stop him. There's nothing big enough. He owns the universe. He controls the universe. Nothing goes by him. He knows what's happening. He's not asleep. He's not uh, out there somewhere taking care of something else and not concerned about the human race. He's very much concerned about it. And he will have the last word. And he will reign upon this earth as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And to get frustrated and get confused and and try to say when he's coming. And and back in 1988, a person wrote 88 reasons why Jesus is coming in 88. He had them all together. And then a little later on, next year, he hadn't come in 88. So he had 89 reasons why he's coming in 89. He didn't come in 89 either. He may not come this year. He may not come a 100 years from now. But the way things are going, he could be back any time. So be ready. This is the the close of, of this program. I'm Howard Eugene Wright. I've been hosting Rivers of Living Water. We'll see you next week on TalkZone.com. <laughs>